0: Well, hello everyone and happy Friday. Welcome back to the Freelance Friday podcast. I'm excited to share today's episode with you. If you tuned in to Vlogmas 2018, you may have already heard this. So this is kind of a repurposed episode from Vlogmas. So stick around if you want to hear it again. And if you haven't watched it yet, then this will be brand new for you. So this is a Q&A it's a very long Q&A, but it's actually split up into two different episodes on my channel. So, lots of good information. So, like I said, even if you did watch the videos, I think it may be worth a second listen if you're working on stuff this Friday and just have it on in the background. Because, yeah, we covered a lot. And uh, it's easy to kind of miss some things when there's so many questions. So, anyway, I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. Before we hop into it, though, I thought I'd read an iTunes review because it's been a bit since I read it. And this one comes from ike 317 who says growth listening to all these insights and tips motivate me to keep pushing on my projects i'm working to build something for myself and this podcast is a huge source of fuel for me thank you thank you so much for that review i say it all the time but these reviews honestly mean the world to me and it's just so inspiring to hear from you guys you know i do so much talking on the show obviously because i'm the host but it's really nice to get some feedback in return, so I really appreciate it, and I'm so happy that I could help you with your business. So with that said, let's hop into the episode. I am shortening the intros, because uh, I got tired of hearing them so much, so hope that's okay with you guys, and let's get into the episode. So I asked you guys on Instagram, and in my Facebook group, Money Making Micro Influencer, for some questions and you guys gave them to me. So let's talk social media, entrepreneurship, freelancing, and all of that fun stuff. (laughs) First question that I got, he says, is it possible to be too transparent with a web design client or social media client regarding hows and whys? And I thought this was a really good question because I do think there is a way to be too transparent with your clients and I feel like this can sound really bad when I say it, and it's not that you want to lie to your clients or that you don't want to tell them things or you want to hide things, but I think sometimes there are times when omission or just, yeah, I guess just omission is kind of the best route. Here's what I mean. I don't say this to hide anything from them or be secretive, but I think there are times when they're just like a really complex situation that you know in your head is gonna take a lot of work or time or effort or is like very technical. Um, They, sometimes if you tell them that, that can be overwhelming and it can almost like scare people away when you know that you can do it. doesn't need to be addressed sometimes i don't know if that makes sense like for instance i had to connect an e-commerce um platform to a squarespace website recently It was my first one that i'd ever done and so i have was doing like a ton of research and there were quite a few steps to connect it and so it was something where i actually need to bring in a freelancer to kind of help me out with some back-end type stuff and i feel like just going through like the 20 pages of material that I was learning and all of this stuff with my client explaining like exactly how much work it was going to take would just completely overwhelm them. So I just let them know that I could do it. And then I might be, um, reaching out to somebody else to help. And that was kind of it. Like you don't need to go through every single step. I think that there are times when it can just be overkill and it can be overwhelming for them. I think the times when you do need to be really transparent and really open with your client is if anybody else is touching their account. So, if there is like an, a, a consultant or freelancer that I hire that is actually going to be getting into like WordPress or Squarespace or whatever and using their logins for anything, I definitely let them know. I don't just like grant people access to that stuff because it's their stuff that they own. Like, I would want to know if somebody else had access to my stuff. Um, but beyond that, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I hope that answered your questions. Like, I just don't think that you need to get that deep into most things. And I say this about like everything, like social too, like tell people what they need to know, you know, when it comes to metrics and things like that. I don't give my clients like full reports of, you know, every single post that I've ever done for them or like every single metric that I can pull for them because it just, they don't need to know, you know? And and again, like if they ask me for it, if they want to know, if they want more details, I'll give it to them happily. But nine times out of 10, they don't. Like they just need to know what they need to know. And I think, you'll figure out what those metrics are and what those you know, reports are that they need at the beginning of the relationship when you're setting your objectives and setting your goals together. So you'll know what they need to know. Um, it shouldn't be a surprise to either of you guys what they're getting. I hope that was helpful. I hope that's what you were looking for. This question is advice on interns versus assistants and making the overall jump to expanding a small business. Okay, um, another good question. So interns versus assistants. So you know the thing that I want, everybody to keep in mind is that an intern is not the the goal with an intern is not that they're going to be a long-term part of your team and I think a lot of times people take on interns because they want to grow their team and that is a good way to like start that's a good place to start that's a good way to start um learning your management style and you know learning how to manage basically if you never have before or definitely not for your own business at least but you know interns grow up they graduate college and they move on and you know there are times when you do want to hire on your intern long term but most of the times they're just looking for something while they're in school which there're pros and cons to that i mean i think that is a huge pro on the one hand because if you're kind of unsure about growing your business and you're not sure if you can you know afford a salary for a full-time employee that is going to be relying on you long term an intern is kind of a nice way to test the waters and you know I always recommend paying interns but with that said it's going to be a lot less than a full-time salary most likely you're going to be paying them you know whatever hourly rate or whatever it is that you choose to do so it's going to be a good way for you to test the waters and if it, things don't work out with your business or you know things don't go how you planned you're not kind of locked in to paying a salary or you have to feel bad for actually letting a full-time person go so that's one pro um but you know like i said with that said they're also not going to stick around probably um and that's just the reality of it and if they do stick around they're going to be expecting that next step so yeah you know another good thing about an intern is that you're really there to train them so you can really train them to do things your way i think that when you're hiring somebody external you know they've picked up all of these different um, learnings from different jobs, from school, from you know maybe their own businesses that they've run, whatever. And so again, that's good and bad because they're going to bring in expertise that maybe you don't have, but at the same time they might do things in a way that you don't like. So there's really pros and cons to both sides. Um, I don't know that I have like advice necessarily. I think, you know, you got to do what's right for you. I think taking on an intern, a lot of people think that taking on an intern is going to move mountains for their business. And I think sometimes, you know, the right people can really help you a ton. But I also think that hiring an actual assistant or, you know, whatever junior social media manager or whatever it is can be, um, an investment in your business too. And you are investing in their skills and everything that they already have. So it kind of goes both ways, I guess. Um, in terms of growing your small business in general, if you're talking about growing your team, I mean, yeah, hiring an intern or hiring an apprentice, I have a code for gen M, which is a, a tool that I use. I, um, use apprentice, um, apprentices, I don't know what the plural of that is, but I hire apprentices through there every three months for my business, and you just pay, like I think it's like $200, and then you gain access to a pool of apprentices that you can work with. Um, It's a really great value, and it's pretty similar to an internship, so I will leave my referral code to that down below because I believe if you use my referral code, we'll both get a little bit of a savings. So leave that in the link down below. Another thing that I recommend if you're kind of in between those and you're like, well, I'm not really sure what's right for me is hiring freelancers. I work with other contractors, other freelancers all the time because they're not so much expecting. Like there are more work styles than just a full-time employee, right? Like you can hire an assistant who works for you remotely who maybe works 10 hours a week as a remote freelance employee. Like that is a possibility too. So there are tons of different ways that you can find people through your own network, but you can also use sites like Upwork. I've talked about those before, just because they're super easy. They kind of do everything for you. All you gotta do is post the job description and you're good. So that's kind of all of my advice that I really have for now. Now I'm gonna head over to Facebook and check out my group, you guys asked me I think like five or six questions on there. All right, so first question, how do you deal with people copying your services task by task but charging a significantly less amount? So I thought that this was a really good question because to be honest with you, this is something that I kind of like was thinking about recently, especially because I do have my online courses. As you guys probably know, I have my course, The Journey Social, which literally details pretty much everything that I do to like set up you know, new client relationships and get started, pitch myself to clients, all that stuff. So link down below for that. If you wanna join the the course, it's a great value. I teach you everything that I know for the most part. And I was thinking about that because I was like, wait a second, I'm kind of giving the blueprint to my business, but you know what, I think, this isn't a, this isn't a question that I really have a full answer to, to be honest. I think the answer is just that you kind of got to have a little bit of faith, you know, like at the end of the day, you just have to be faithful that people aren't going to completely rip you off and that people are going to be original. And yes, of course, like have I seen a couple of people here and there, like do the exact same thing that I do in my course who've taken it Yeah, but maybe like one or two people, honestly, that I've seen. I mean, I'm sure people are doing it other, you know, that I'm not seeing. But for the most part, out of all the hundreds and thousands, I think I've had thousands of students at this point, I've only seen a couple flat out copy me. And so you have to, I don't know, I I, I have to have faith that like most people are in it for the right reasons and they're trying to learn as a guide and then make their business their own. Um, And you know, you also have to understand that the people who are flat out copying me, are probably, and and this might sound really, really rude, but they're probably not gonna be extremely successful in their business just because this type of work does require a lot of creativity, a lot of critical thinking. And if you're like just flat out copying everything that I do, once, you know, if you do get hired by somebody, by a client, you're probably not gonna really be coming up with that unique original of strategies for their accounts. So I don't know, I just, I don't really worry about it too much. I don't take offense to it by any means. Then again, I wasn't trying to like trash talk anybody who is copying. I mean, I think imitation is a form of flattery, if you will. And I think that if you don't know where to start, like we all copy in some way, you know, I copy without even really realizing it. I mean, I'm not the first person to film this kind of video. I'm not the first person to come up with an online course. I'm not the first, but you know what I mean? So we all take little influences from other people here and there. So I try not to like take it too personally or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't worry about it about in terms of competition or anything, if that's what you're asking. I think it's just, it's life, you know, online. I mean, on the internet, everybody can see what you're doing. And of course, at some point, somebody is going to sort of copy you. What components are needed to create a new website launch strategy? I'm con- I'm launching a new site in 2019, and this is from Spooky Lou Consulting. Spooky Lou's Consulting. Um, okay, so what components are needed? So, I mean, I think that you need a goal, first of all. Like, What do you want your website to do? I think that just like any other social channel or digital property that you have, you need to have a set of key goals, objectives. So is it there to sell? Is it there for awareness? You know, similar as you would for a social channel. Think about, you know, what do you want it to do for you? Um, Do you want it to publish content? you, You know, and of course, again, like most social channels, it's probably gonna be a combination of multiple ones, but what are like the key objectives? And for me, my website, the The main objective of it is to sell. I sell my courses on there. I sell my mentorships on there. I sell, you know, consulting calls. I sell tickets to my events. Um, all of that stuff. Like that's the main reason that I have a site because people can make secure transactions through it. So because of that, like my foot's falling asleep. Um, because of that, I try really hard just to um, make my CTAs like very clear and to keep my CTAs or call to actions very minimal and really only be driving people to purchase i don't have a ton of call to actions to sign up for my email list i don't have a ton you know like i really am just trying to get people to purchase my courses tickets to my events things like that so come up with your goals and what you want um your your key objectives to be and then i also think it's important to come up with a persona or understand who you're talking to, who you're gonna reach. And obviously you can reach everybody at the worldwide web, but think about who your target customer is, target client is, and that way you can build your website around that. I think a lot of people build websites based on what they think is pretty. And I mean, hey, guilty of that for sure. But you know, if you find out that your core audience that you really want to reach, or you don't find out, you come to the conclusion that you really want to reach, you know, um, senior level managers at fortune 500 companies. Um, you're going to look at those demographics, find out that probably a lot of them are male or at least you know, a significant portion. They're probably a little bit older. So maybe you don't want a pink and white themed website. And I'm not saying yours is, I haven't looked at it. So, um, but you know, maybe you want to go for something a little bit more sleek, a little bit more sophisticated, a little bit more technical. Like that's just an example and maybe it's the opposite. Maybe, you know, you think, you know, you're really trying to reach a lot of younger people but you tend to like a more sophisticated style. So, anyway, you know, think of your target customer, your buyer persona. There's lots of worksheets out there. I actually have one, so I'll link it down below. Uh, but HubSpot has a good tool to use as well. So, I think those are really the key things: understand who you're talking to, and then I also think um, out of those things, out of your objectives and who you're talking to, you're going to probably come across, you know, what your main keywords are. So, do some keyword research and understand like what you're trying to rank for. And uh, that way you can make sure that you're kind of throwing that in where it makes sense. Don't like keyword stuff or anything like that, but just keeping that in mind when you're building out your pages and categories and things like that. Is it best to work full-time as a social media manager for an employer for a couple of years, or it doesn't matter? I'm guessing they mean, you know, if you want to start a business. And I've been very like um, consistent in my messaging on this. I can't tell you what to do. I think that working for employers has helped me immensely run my business better. Um, but at the same time, one could argue that it's held me back a lot. And um, that's that's something that you have to decide for yourself. You have to decide if you want this to be a side hustle, um, when you wanna make this full-time, if you do wanna make it full-time, what you, I, you do you. I've seen successful social media managers who um, have worked in the corporate world. I've seen successful ones who haven't, but I will say that I think working in corporate America or in an office of some sort or just you know for somebody else, it does teach you things that you can't learn by yourself or that are much harder to learn by yourself. I mean, and these are things that I think are key differentiators for me in my business. I hear time and time again from my clients that I'm so professional, that I'm always on time, that I'm so smart, which I'm not saying people who haven't worked in corporate America aren't smart, obviously, but I think what they mean by that is that like, I use terms that I learned from working in marketing in the corporate world and things like that. So there's two different sides. I say do what's right for you. I really can't answer that for you, but I definitely think that it has helped me. What is your favorite tool free or paid for social media management i'm alternating between eclencher and buffer and google drive but this is all new to me and my ig is Jalisa smith coaching um, i asked my facebook group if they wanted to shout out to you leave their links so that's why some people are leaving their instagram handles oh man honestly like i don't have a favorite tool for social media management i think i've shown you guys all of them that i do have which are buffer And Social Weaver, those are the two that I use. And Hootsuite, like honestly, it really, I don't use like a big um, social media tool for all of my clients. I really cater to what they're doing. And I know that's like not a great answer and it's not really what I teach or what I train people to do, but it's worked for me because honestly, the all of the social media tools are kind of the same. Like they do the same thing for the most part. I mean, I think unless you get up to like enterprise level and you have like hundreds of accounts or you know a ton of accounts that you're managing, it really doesn't get too different between those ones. So I just say, play around with them. All of the ones that I just mentioned, Social Weaver, Hootsuite and Buffer, I believe they all at least have free trials or a free like small plan so try them out and see what works best for you and then yes um eclencher i haven't heard of that before buffer and google drive so i do use google drive to communicate social media plans i'm not sure if you've taken my i think you i think you've taken my course i can't remember for sure but i think you have and in that course there is a um, template for social media plans that you can use in google sheets So I do use that to share social plans with my clients. I don't share every social plan, like I don't share every piece of content that I post for them, but for like the first week, I like to make sure that I'm getting like the tone and the voice right and all of that stuff. So I'll share a plan, or if I have a special event that I'm doing for them, I like to make sure that I'm communicating with them and just to organize between me and if I am working with a teammate or anything like that. Another tool that I like is Asana. Asana helps me keep everything together. So similarly, to Google Drive, I can like organize things by clients. So I can say client XYZ has, um, you know, five different social plans that I'm working off of because they have an event, they have a sale, they have a whatever, an ad campaign. So I'm gonna be able to put all of those different plans into Asana housed under one little, um, not one little, I guess one big task. And then I can check off things as I do them. So honestly, Those are the ones that I use for the most part. I don't really have like a secret weapon. I do wish that there was a tool out there that kind of combined Asana and like a scheduling tool because I really like having the task management as well as the scheduling all in one. So if anybody knows of anything that is out there like that, I would love to hear about it, but that's kind of what I do. And then this is also from Jaleesa, she says, also advice on pitching. I have a few local businesses I wanna pitch my services to but I'm kind of stuck on how to initiate the convo. Example, one is a local boutique and they told me that their employees do their social media, but I'm like, there's so much room for improvement. I didn't want to offend them after they said that though, so I just left it alone. I've tried that before many times, and I found that it's not really effective because it does do kind of what you said. Like It kind of comes across as like, like if you have a criticism for them, you don't want to offend them if they say that they're doing it. Um, And even if it's an agency or something, they don't want to go back to their agency and be like, hey, this girl said that you suck. You know what I mean? I know that you wouldn't say it like that. You'd say it in a nice professional way. But yeah, so I don't know if that is what you're saying, but if that was your intro, maybe try a different... In I honestly just, first of all, this is not my favorite part of my job. I do not like pitching, I do not like selling. I do not like selling myself, that is for sure. Um, but it's a part of the game. <laughs> so I really just like to be very, um, take an approach that's sort of less confrontational, I guess you could say, and I just say, hey, do you have 15 minutes to chat about your marketing plan? or your marketing strategy, something like that. That's a little bit just, hey, I just would like to get to know you. And from there, you know, I try to ask, wow, try to ask, that was intense. I really try to ask questions about their business. So I think we get stuck in asking about social media, like what are you doing, who's doing it, whatever. But really what I wanna know is what are their business goals? Because I think I find whether they have a, an external social media manager, whether it's in-house, whether they're doing it, whatever, what's really gonna get them to convert is if you can solve a problem for them. So if they're telling you, hey, yeah, so one you know, if you're asking them, hey, what's what are your pain points with social or with your business in general right now? And they say, you know what? I'm just having a hard time getting traffic in the door. You can come back and think about it and think about what you would do from a social media perspective and win them over that way and kind of present the solution uh, because yeah, just like asking what they're already doing or who's already doing it. A lot of times it's, it is wrong. And so it's just kind of one of those things that's like, you want to come with a solution for their business. You know, we want to always tie it back to their business and to them, like social media, a lot of times doesn't mean anything. Like they know that they need it, but you telling them, Hey, like I can do this better. Well, how, like what makes you different? What are your ideas? And how are you going to tie this back to my bottom line? So I just really like to have a conversation about their business and like lightly touch on social and marketing, of course, but it's not... I'm not going to run down all of my capabilities or all the clients that I've worked with or anything like that. I really just want to understand their, their needs and their pain points in their business right now. And, you know, understand how long they've been in business and who their customers are and things like that. And then come back to them with a proposal that's based on that. So I'm really doing more listening than anything when I'm, um, first, first, um, getting to know a prospective client. And then when I actually go in for the pitch, so, so I do kind of that, intro where I get to know them get to understand what they need then I go back and I do a proposal on my own so I do a um like a presentation or a document for them and then I either meet with them or send it off to them and that's kind of where I sell myself and like I sell some examples of some of the strategies that I'm going to do for them more about my capability that kind of thing so Yeah, I think listen more than like you talk for the first part. I think that's so helpful and it also helps build up trust too, because if they can kind of like vent you or like tell you things and you just listen objectively and, you know, get to know them, I think that helps a ton rather than like you said, coming at them and being like, Hey, this is terrible. Uh, you know, just be kind of an advisor for them in the beginning and listen to them for a few minutes and then come back and sell. I hope, I hope that was helpful. What are your favorite ways to increase a brand's follower, audience engagement on social media? Um, you know, I think this is like the most basic answer ever, but post good content. You know, at the end of the day, that's what it's about. You gotta make sure that you're investing in your content. I noticed when I do this for myself, when I do this for my clients, when I post really good pictures or you know really compelling content, I go out and do shoots. I invest a little bit more in a photographer or, and you know, whatever, the return is there. So post really great content. Secondly, know your audience. I, I guess, firstly, know your audience so you know what type of content to post because it's not just, you know, whatever you feel like that day. It, it needs to be based in research. So understand what, pro- again, like going back to that last question, what problems do your do your target customers have? um you know for me a lot of my target clients customers are you guys watching of course and you guys want this stuff you want to know how to manage your business how to better your business so i am going to post content about that rather than about you know what i ate for dinner although i do both but for the most part i try to focus on stuff that's going to be value adding because that's what people want they want value in their lives. So they don't want you know just you posting whatever you want and that goes for obviously you and your clients. So understand your client, your customer. And um I really like to just try new things. Honestly, I think that we get stuck in a rut on social media and I know that's really general to say, but we get stuck in a rut a lot. You know, I get stuck doing the same stuff on Twitter, just posting a link and a picture and using the like it's so boring, you know there are new things to try almost every day. If I wrote out a list of things that maybe I haven't tried in a while or that I should try, I can go on and on forever. And, and don't just try things just cause they're new, try things because they make sense for you. But like, just try, you know, try new things when they do make sense. And the social media platforms do tend to favor you using those new tools and, and um, you know, the new, methods of communications like using stickers and polls and um stories and all that stuff so just just try it out and see how it works. You you can't know that you fail unless you try to fail um, or try to succeed. So just try out new things and also just be really conversational. I think that's another thing that a lot of people forget is that social media is social media. It's not just like spew out a bunch of content and walk away. So spend as much time engaging as you are posting. And I know that sounds crazy, but you know, when I post an Instagram picture, I spend 20 to 30 minutes on Instagram afterwards going through hashtags going through the location that I just tagged um responding to people because again it helps with the algorithms and all that stuff but it also shows that you're interested and I'm big on the whole uh, like birds of a feather or law of attraction or whatever you want to call it in that like when people see that you're responding it makes them even more inclined to respond and that goes for all social platforms I'm kind of talking about Instagram here but it really goes for all social platforms you have to be interactive and um, talk to people how do you get your clients to help you produce their brand's content to post okay so Here's the tea, I don't anymore. (laughs) I mean, I do somewhat, I do somewhat. Let me back that up. So I do, shoot, what do I call it? Kind of like a brand guide um, and do examples of content that I'd like them to capture. So if they're doing an event, like if they're going to a conference or something, it gives some examples of pictures that work well at conferences or you know, things that I want, videos, whatever. Um, because they don't know what they don't know. And I really try to make this really detailed, so I'll go through specifications, like do I want vertical video for stories? Do I want horizontal video for YouTube? Do I want square pictures for Instagram? Do I, you know, detail all of that stuff because most of your clients are not gonna be marketing people, they're not gonna be photographers, so they don't know, it's not their fault, it's your job to help them understand what you need. So I try to spell that all out in a document. Ideally, if it is something like a conference or you know, a store opening or something that I can't be at, and that is really important that we get images and photos and stuff, I will try to have a call with them to kind of walk through that with them. So that's what I do. Um, but yeah, the T is I kind of don't do a lot of that anymore. I've really tried to start doing it myself. And that is a big ask because I, I have a video coming. I haven't filmed it yet, but I want to film it during this month. Uh, or maybe I'll do a podcast episode. I haven't decided yet, but I I do want to talk about whether or not I really consider myself a social media manager anymore Um, because I think that my role has expanded so much for my clients because I think nowadays you kind of have to. You know, to be a modern marketer, you really need to be sort of, I don't want to say a jack of all trades because I think that can be dangerous too to not have a specialty, but I think that you do need to do more than just post- nice tweets. You know, I have just taken it upon myself nine times out of 10. It's easier for me to pick up my camera, no matter how much of a professional I don't think I am. Uh, I can still get quicker work, cheaper work, better work, um, more efficient work, more targeted work, whatever, all that stuff done for my clients by picking up my camera and doing it myself than hiring at an agency or trying to get them to do it. I'm definitely... And and this is like no shade, obviously, to my clients, but most of my clients are not marketers, they're not photographers, they're not videographers. So even me, as you know, imposter syndrome as I am, I can usually still get better quality content by doing it myself than than instructing them to do it. And then I'm able to upsell as well and provide the extra value for them and increase my income as well. So it's a win-win because if they were going to go to an agency, it'd be so much more expensive. So it's a little bit somewhere in the middle. So yeah, I really try to do a lot for them. And uh, obviously that really only works for local clients, but you can also travel to your clients. You know, If they're paying a certain amount, why not? I have traveled for clients and uh, have had some of my most success when I've actually traveled for clients, events and things like that. So uh, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the tea is I just have been trying to do a lot more of that. <clears throat> oh my gosh, there's so many questions and I think my camera's gonna gonna um, run out of battery or a card space. How do you feel about social listening for social selling? Is it a shady way of snatching customers from other businesses or a great way to put your product services out there to match specific needs of a consumer whose needs aren't being met? Wow, that is a really great question. I wish, uh, I kind of want to know more about what you mean because I think people define social listening and social selling very differently. But social listening... And for those of you guys who don't know, you can kind of listen in, you can type in keywords to different tools. Even You can even do this by a search on Twitter, just searching like, need a social media manager, for example, um, and see what people are saying and respond to those. I mean, That's like very one-on-one on what social listening is. Now, I know that there are some very advanced tools out there where you can get like really kind of creepy. I guess I'm a little confused about where you say like snatching consumers from other businesses because I guess I don't know what, like if there's a tool that you've seen that does that or what, but I wouldn't recommend like snatching people. Like if you see somebody, for example, commenting on Dyson's Facebook and you're a competitor, like a vacuum, you're Kirby or whatever, messaging them and saying, oh, we're better. I don't know, I, I personally don't respond to that as a consumer, so I wouldn't do that. That's, you know, if I, I guess that was a bad example. Why did I use a vacuum example? You know, if I saw somebody responding to a social media manager saying, oh, can I work with you? And then I went and kind of swooped, I just wouldn't do that, I don't know. Like, I I would maybe engage with them. I think, I think that's what it's about. It's about that soft sell, like maybe you can follow them And maybe they'll follow you back. So then they'll see the content you're posting or you like their tweet instead of, you know, replying, hey, come to us instead. I think it's all about the way that you do it. Uh, Definitely use it to your advantage. I mean, I guess the competitor aspect is a little weird for me, but I do social listening all the time to understand what's going on in my area, in my industry, whatever, and engage with those people. If I see people talking about I wanna become a YouTuber, cool, I'm gonna follow them or engage with them and hopefully they will see that I have a course all about becoming an influencer and they can join it. You know what I mean? So let me know, I mean I know that was really high level and we don't have a lot of time because my my SD card's gonna run out but let me know if that was helpful. I don't know. Give me some more details if you don't mind on like what tools you're using or what you're trying to do with social listening, and maybe I'll take a look and try to do a more in-depth video on listening because I actually haven't done one on that, and I think a lot of people would be um, would benefit from that. What are your favorite resources or go-to resources when it comes to social media and entrepreneurship? Love your podcast. Do you have any recommendations? Um, Anybody who's been on my podcast, honestly, a lot of them have content of their own. I love Annalisa Creative. I love, um, gosh, and of course I just like totally blank. Trisha Mogensen. she doesn't have like YouTube or anything but she has Instagram and she does post a lot of good tips for Instagram on there. Who else, who else? Um, Like I said, anybody who's been on my podcast for the most part um, has some type of content. So you can go to journeys.com slash podcast, see all the guests and find them through there. Um, For like bigger people, Amy Porterfield, I love her. Um, I think she is brilliant. I like, I I don't listen to her so much anymore and there's not like any reason why. It's not like I don't like her anymore or anything like that. I just haven't been listening to her lately, is uh, Jenna Kutcher. I really like her content. Um, yeah, I really don't do a lot of listening to other people. If you guys saw my why I don't watch a Gary V video anymore, um, I try to kind of tune a lot of things out just so I can really focus, but those are people who have really inspired me over the years. Gary V obviously has, has inspired me over the years. I think those are some of the big ones, but if I think of any others, I will leave them in the description box or in the show notes for you as well. And I also know there's a girl, I have only watched like one of her videos, but I think her name is Kimberly Jimenez, I wanna say. A lot of people say that they found me through her channel or vice versa. So I, I've only watched a couple of her videos, but I know a lot of people like who like my stuff probably like hers. Um, and then the last question is best ways to find new clients. And I know that I've answered this question many times before. So I'm going to do my best to find a video and timestamp it and link it in the description box so you can watch it um, exactly where I answer that question because I know I have before. So with that said, I'm going to go and thank you guys so much for watching. I'm talking really fast now because I'm running out of time. I hope this video was helpful for you guys though. And if you guys have any other questions, leave them in the comments below so I can answer them in a future video. And I'll see you guys then. Bye. And that's it for this episode of the Freelance Friday Podcast. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, make sure to let me know. Rating this podcast is a huge help. And you can also tweet me at A Journey East with comments, questions, or suggestions for future episodes. Lastly, make sure to join my private Facebook group, Money Making Micro-Influencer, if you're interested in elevating your influence and taking charge of your personal brand. There are so many like-minded, bright individuals in there, and it's a place I love to offer up free advice and a little bit of extra fun into. You can find it by searching Facebook for Money Making Micro-Influencer. It'll also be linked in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.